0: All right. So for anybody that's been, you know, I don't know, laying under a rock and in our industry, Tim, will you just give us a ninety second, you know, who you are, what you've been up to for the last 20 years, please?
1: Well, it's been longer than
0: that. So we've been, been longer Julie than that.
1: I've, yeah, I know. Julie and I have been married for 32 years this year, which is incredible. And so we bought her first. What's wrong house, with her? Right? Is she bad okay?
0: Vision, yeah. Bad
1: vision. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so we've been married for 32 years this year and we bought our first house from were 22 and 23. We're barely out of high school and, um, essentially right after that, we got into real estate, but we owned actually another business prior to getting into real estate. And, um, yeah, our first year in business, our first full year selling real estate for other people, not just ourselves, we sold 103 homes. And that was a record then. And from what I understand, no one's broken that record since. I don't know if it's true or not. That's just what I was told. I'm, how would I know? But yeah, that was a big deal. And how did we do it? The fundamentals of how we did it is there are still how we teach agents to do it to this day. And where we wrote our, you know, our book about Harris Rules. But yeah, so from there, we sold real estate for about 10 years, typically 100 to 200 homes per year. And we built a real estate team, kind of went through the trials and tribulations of that. We actually we're doing proactive and passive lead generation, you know, marketing and also, you know, self-generating leads. So we've got, had experience with that. And then we, we became Howard Britton stars in 1998, I think. And Howard Brenton in the day uh, was the biggest deal in real estate. So it was a huge honor. You know, he invited us to be a, his stars of the month. And we, you know, the whole thing was pretty, it was, this was actually barely be, like right when the internet was going mainstream with consumers. So, I mean, it's kind of funny to think about that, but it's true. So he used to actually have these interviews and he would mail them out and a tape or a CD. I remember when he went from tapes. to CDs. Wow. Um, yeah. Back in the nineties. Anyway, so we were uh, his stars. And then from there we um, re started having us do a lot of speaking for them. We flew to different regions and all this stuff. And so all of a sudden to, for we didn't intend to become well-known in real estate. We just wanted to sell real estate. That's it. And then we turns out we were pretty good at it and turns out a lot of people wanted to hear us talk about how we did it and then we tripped into coaching so coaching really started happening in the very late 90s like right around 2000 and i'll tell you this funny story you'll appreciate it i don't think i told you this before brandon so julie and i were at a howard brenton seminar and we were howard brenton stars and we were standing in the back of the room and he had maybe 2500 people in the room and howard who passed away, but they just recently relaunched Star Power, which is great. Anyway, so he announced from stage, we're starting this coaching program. And he had no idea whether he was gonna get one person or like two people or whatever interested. And um, we got, just talked a little bit about it. And he it's for the, and it was right before a break. And he goes, so for those of you who are interested in being coached, what come up and during the break and throw your business card on stage. And remember Julie and I are in the back of this huge room. And I remember seeing like, everyone in the room (laughs) rush up and just it looked like confetti there are so many cards just hitting the deck you know hitting the stage and julie so julie and i looked at each other and go what the hell just happened we realized it was the birth of a really big idea now coaching and training had been around obviously forever and in business actually for a while too but not in real estate and so during that break people start coming up to us and asked us are you guys doing coaching training are you doing coaching training so the first couple of times we said no we don't you know i don't know what it was honestly and then we started saying yes and then one of the first people i said yes to is michael and robin gordon who mm-hmm. are still working with and they're on the main line in philadelphia one of the i think top wall street journal agents in the country and yeah so that was, they were officially our first client and isn't that incredible wow.
0: crazy unbelievable <laughs> story and so, yeah. yeah, you, I mean, you guys have really seen it all. I mean, the different trends, different real estate markets, you know, people come yeah. and go, you know, and, and what I want to unpack today and really dive into Tim is, you know, what, what I think, what, what makes a real estate agent successful, maybe some of the pitfalls you've seen over the years, and then we'll get into the industry. But, you know, when you look at, you know, the, the, the broad spectrum of real estate agents and you've seen a lot, you've seen them all. You've seen them come. You've seen them go. What are some of the things that you find maybe some characteristics that makes one successful? Let's start with that.
1: Well, it's um, follow one course until successful. um, Or you can say that a bunch of different ways. But focus, follow one course until successful. And like a lot of agents, so I'll reframe your question slightly because I think it'll be like help more people. So why is it that with all of these lead generation ideas, team ideas, marketing, branding ideas, why is it with all these different ways to build your business in real estate, why is the failure rate in real estate increased and not decrease? Why, why is the duration, why is the amount of time that a new licensee you know, stays active in real estate been on the decline, not increasing, despite the fact that there's all these new business building systems and gurus and all these other people out there? And so the answer is, is because people don't follow one course until successful. They never give themselves time to really get good at one thing. People overestimate what they can do in a year and they underestimate what they can actually get done in 20. Uh, and it's not a new phenomenon. People think, well, it's social media and it's, you know, people are expecting little quick, you know, social yeah, Instagram posts and all that. Nope, people have always had attention spans to Nats at, at you know, same as a gnat. So if you wanna have an unfair advantage in the marketplace, uh, stay the course, but the trick is, and you know this, Make sure you choose which path you're going to be on uh, correctly and don't just choose what's perceived to be the easiest path because the easiest path is what everyone else is going to follow. And when everyone else follows it, it means that it's going to have the most competition and it's going to have the least likelihood of you actually succeeding from following that path.
0: Yeah. Makes sense. Well, yeah. Well said. And I think that you are 100 percent spot on is that, you know, these the failure rate that is increasing the phenomenon is is very interesting as more and more information gets released on how to win in real estate how is it then if information's the whole thing right information's power that whole thing if that was true why are people failing more now than before and i think that you you hit it spot on and that is having all of these voices come at these new real estate agents and it creates a world that elicits shiny object syndrome and so navigating through all the different voices you know it's hard for a new agent could you imagine tim right now getting into the business and saying oh my gosh every time i turn my computer on my phone on i hear somebody saying something that contradicts the other person to do the exact opposite and so who do i listen to and i guess that's the next thing to unpack is how does one navigate the noise in our industry with every Tom, Dick, and Harry, like to your point, calling themselves a coach or a guru, telling them to do this, to do that? How was how one to navigate all of that?
1: So there's four phases. Let's just focus in on what you said. You said basically choosing a coach or uh, I don't like the word guru, frankly, but let's just use the word coach or trainer. So the first question, there's four questions. The first question you have to ask when choosing someone who you're going to follow, right? Or who you're going to listen to, who you're going to give your potentiality to, because that's really what you're doing when you decide to watch a YouTube video or listen to a podcast, right? Number one is that, that has that person, four questions, four filters. And these filters, Julie and I use for every aspect of, you know, not just when we're hiring someone to be a trainer, but financial advisor, dentist, doctor, whatever, right? So number one is, have they actually done it?
0: Mm. so in
1: real estate have they had a real estate license and I would say if you and I just because everyone is uh following somebody watching somebody on YouTube or whatever you cannot assume that the crowd's done their homework to sufficiently to protect you frankly yeah uh, again go back to the previous point why are so many agents failing so much faster it's because frankly they're following false profits mm. uh, and so number qu- number one question that Julie and I always lean into is when you're choosing someone to listen to, especially when it has to do with your real estate success, has that person had a real estate license before? If the answer is no, then that person immediately should be disqualified, period, full stop. Why? Because you can do better. So the next question is, is if you find somebody who's had a real estate license before, the next question is, is have they sold 100 homes in one year? Right. So if they've That's had exactly a license right. before. Move on to question two. Question two is: Have they sold 100 homes in a year? Okay, that might be somebody worth listening to, frankly, because to sell 100 homes in a year, you have to have—you have have, to—it's not by accident. You have to have obviously had a lot of diligence, some work, some skill, some talent. You are probably somebody that I should be listening to. Question number three. Okay, so now I'm moving on to question filter number three, as Julie and I call it. Filter three: Have you sold at least 100 homes per year? For at least five years in a row. Hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Why that question? Because some people will, for example, list a building in Manhattan or list, we just got back from ringing the bell at NASDAQ, you know, and buildings everywhere. If you had listed that building and that building, you could have easily sold 100 units in a year. Okay. Well, does that qualify you to be a coach? I don't think so. Question two Did you sell at least five homes, 100 homes per year for at least five years in a row? Because to have done that, you not only have to have uh, you know, essentially known what you were doing at some level, but also known how to run a business and scale up a practice where you have consistent lead flow, where you can handle customers at a high level, where you actually have mastered the art and science of being a successful real estate agent for a duration. And probably you've mastered selling real estate through different market cycles too. So if you've, if, that's a great coach. If you can find those three things, but now here's the fourth filter. And this fourth filter is gonna knock just nearly about everybody out. Have, okay, you're thinking about hiring a real estate coach or professional. Has that real estate coach, trainer, whatever performed 100,000, 100,000 paid one-on-one coaching calls? Mm. Paid, because here's how they're, they'll obfuscate the answering of that question. They'll say, well, I have, you know, I've been in front of, I've spoken in front of so many agents. I've done so many agent trainings. I've had so many, you know, people watch my YouTube videos. Have you been on the phone or a video? with, you know, enough, essentially enough times with enough agents where they're paying you to perform a coaching call, help them in their business at least a hundred thousand times. Now, why is that important? Because at that point you've been market tested at that point, you've proven your ability to not be just be successful selling real estate agent uh, selling real estate, not just successful at selling real estate, uh, you know, for five years at a high level consistently, but now you've proven your ability to help others do the same. And if you can't find, you know, and there's there's a handful of people out there that qualify for that. And eight, in my opinion, the reason that agents, uh, one of the reasons that agents are failing at a higher rate, frankly, it is because they're following false profits. It is because they're not being discerning who they're listening to. It is because there's this proliferation of people that are calling themselves real estate go- coaches and trainers out there that have never done one of those things, let alone all four of those things um, and the shiny objects. And so if you're not being really particular who you're listening to and using what's what, you know, Brandon and I, he's from Michigan, we're from Ohio, what you call common sense. If you're not using common sense who you're going to listen to, you're probably just going to be a real estate roadkill. Does that make
0: sense? 100%. Well said. Thank you for that. And I think I'll I'll go down this path and maybe it's a dangerous one. I don't know. But I think one of the biggest challenges, well, I want your opinion on this, Tim, is those four things I wrote down, those are phenomenal. That's a great framework to follow to say, am I going to believe in the message that is being disseminated or not and it makes it very clear i think the challenge is if you go down those four things and you look at the voice that most agents hear from first is their broker and so that in my experience most brokers don't fit this bill most broker right so most broker managers that are bringing these people into these into the industry don't fit the bill yep. but they're the ones they're taking advice from before they even know to hire a coach before they even get introduced to somebody like you right so i think that and i've talked about this in other podcasts before how do we how do we what do we do about that in the industry so that the voices that they hear early on they're not being influenced by somebody who hasn't sold a 100 homes in a year before because in my experience and i own a company too most broker owners most have not succeeded in the selling of real estate in any high high success what are your thoughts on that
1: uh 100 agree obviously you're uh so 74 percent of all agents have been in the business and brokers right licensees let's say have only been in the business for 15 years or less mm. so they've only sold in this ridiculous you know
0: crazy sellers market
1: well yeah. crazy sellers market but it's also been essentially a uh, you know low interest rate um, quantitative easing sort of fake market Be- yeah. you know the fo- the fomo what people are now realizing is that the fomo that was created by the sustained low artificial low, in- low interest rates because the government was keeping interest rates down has bred a Generation of agents, more than a generation. Let's call it generation ten years. It's, gen- it's bred a generation of agents that have never had to sell in a market other than where you could essentially lean into FOMO, fear of missing out. So sellers, FOMO, I'll sell, I'll keep, or I'll you know keep my house for a couple of years, I'll hit the uh, you know I'll win the real estate lottery, I'll move up to the next one. Buyers, oh my gosh, if I don't buy something, I'm going to lose out. Those types of things. Now when that FOMO doesn't exist, so many agents have no clue how to actually, you know get a seller to list correctly, motivate yep. a buyer so that buyers don't fear it. Skills. That's where we're entering. We're entering we're leaving a market that was about, you know, really, who knows you, frankly, and we're entering a market into with that's going to be mostly what do you what do you know? Like, what is your actual skill set? So, yes, you're correct. There is a whole generation of agents and brokers and team leaders, most of them out there that you trip across, have never sold real estate in anything other than this sort of, you know, artificially induced seller's market. And mm. and, and it, there it is, that's it. So they've not had to have the skill. They don't know how to do price reductions. They don't know how to do all the things that are necessary to market like this. Even knowing the skills. Okay, here's the script, here's what I'm gonna say. The psychology that's involved, not just to manage yourself, but to manage the seller's expectations, the psychology of knowing how to, you know, deal with a seller. If you have ten sellers, twenty sellers, right, and how to manage all of their, uh, you know, their fears, all that. That's what really. That's where the skill comes in. And when you can do that at a high level, and you know what to say and how to say it, you're operating on a level of conscious and uh, conscious confidence where you don't even have to think before you talk, because whatever comes out of your mouth is spot on. When you operate at that level, selling so real estate, and I. Hope all of you get to the point where you can experience that because it's incredible. Um, you know, then you've arrived truly. Then you control your you control what goes in your head. You can control what comes out of your mouth. And then when the seller sitting across from you, you might not have a hundred thousand people to follow you on Instagram or TikTok videos and all those types of things. Uh, but the seller wants to list with you because they can see you have the skill set.
0: Yeah, hundred percent agree. And you know, when 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 the agent. We talked about, hey, who, who should you, what is the filter framework in that someone can go through to decide, okay, am I going to invest in this person or not? Time, energy, effort, financially, all of those things. Is there additional things that you think agents should should consider before they say, I'm going to go work at this company, work for this brokerage, join this team? Is there additional things to the four things that you have already mentioned?
1: Uh, well, I mean, so my mind is going to trying to figure out what you're asking. If you well, asking, well, my me question
0: like, is, my question is this, my question is, so you're, you're spot on, right? There's all these voices coming in from everywhere, right? Most of which actually aren't broker owners. Most are like, you know, pe- fake, fake influencers, people that can just turn the camera on and they can just, you know, scream what I'm talking about. Okay. Bob, who's sitting there wanting to get into real estate, wants to join this industry. You gave a nice framework on hey, here's how you filter information. What about when it comes to which brokerage should I join? Are there things that I need to consider before I say yeah, I'm going to go in. I'm going to go uh, invest my career with this leadership team or with this or with that? Because we just did a podcast. I don't know a week ago talking about this topic. I'm I'm curious. Are there things that you would coach an agent to or someone getting into the business to say, listen, these are the things you need to consider before you make a massive decision to join Billy Bob's Real Estate, EXP, REMAX, KW. These are the things you need to really consider.
1: So I'm going to expand on that with your permission. So your environment. So there's only three things you can really control. You can argue for, but you can control your environment. You can control your weight. You can control your finances, Beautiful. Right? Yes. So your, your environment is everything. And your environment's not just Say like, that
0: again. So nobody misses it. You're so you what? Can,
1: you can control three things, um, and that's about it. You can control your weight. You can control your finances, and you can control your environment. So weight and finances speak for themselves, but environment is obtuse. So let's drill down on what that means. Your environment is your physical environment, where you are, but your environment's also who you expose yourself to virtually and and in real life. Your environment's your real estate office. Your environment's, you know, what you listen to, what you watch. Um, You know, that's your environment. And one of the things that, just to meander it slightly, but one of the best things that everyone can do for themselves is take a, a mental emotional cleanse and completely go media free. We did I can't even remember how long ago Julie and I did that. We we don't watch the news at all. Not nothing at all. We are completely media free. And that helps so much because it again, you have to control your environment. You might think you have the best mindset ever and you can be, you know, watching all these news channels and you don't think it's gonna have a negative effect on you. Of course it's gonna have a negative effect on you. So number one thing is if you're choosing a you know a real estate brokerage you got to choose somebody who's op- not operating out of fear if you go to an a, an, a uh, if you choose an office where everyone's basically you know digging their uh th- their fox ready for the the alien invasion you know because of the recession or whatever the hell it is there's going to be look, a recession will come or will it go it doesn't matter no the interest rates will go up will they they'll go down doesn't matter no well, all these other you know things we're supposed to worry about. So if you're in an environment and again, if you're on Facebook groups, if you're if you find yourself, you know, suckered into watching certain things, consuming certain things, being around certain people that make you feel fear. That's the thing. That's how you can monitor whether or not you're in the right environment. How do you mm. feel? Like listeners, how do you feel when you listen to to Brandon? How do you feel when you're listening to this, watching this? How do you feel? How do you feel right now? And probably the way you feel similar to the way I feel, which is you feel sanguine, you feel happy, you feel calm, you feel uh, in control. Now, if all of a sudden you flip off and now you're watching some other video and the person is telling you about how the sky is falling, you're no longer in control of your thoughts, you're no longer controlling your environment. So you, the best way to be effective, I've found, is to stop thinking about so many things and fo- basically focus on fewer things. Have, like this, really at the end of the day, Like, Brandon, you and I are going to be sitting on the beach a year from now. I'm going to get your butt down to Puerto Rico. It's going to happen. I love it. And I'm going to ask you, what are the best, what are the top three to five things? We're going to do this in January of next year. So what are the top three to five things that you accomplished in the last 12 months that you're most proud of? Mm. Like, what are the the things that you are absolutely thrilled that you accomplished there? You you hit it out of the park. Like, you got in really great shape, you know? Maybe you saved a million dollars. Maybe you bought a Ferrari. Maybe you sold a Ferrari. Maybe you it doesn't matter what you donated money. Doesn't matter what Run. you just decide. What are the things? But they have to be quantifiable. They have to be hmm. real. Oh, I got better control of my schedule. Now, how right. about this? You took 20 listings. You sold 30 houses. You saved $100,000. You paid off $100,000 in debt. What are the specific things? And choose three to five and that's it. And focus on those things and anything else that tries to distract you from any of those things. You got to be very weary. You got to control your environment. So if you find yourself in an environment and, you know, Julie and I are associated with the XP, we have been for four years. And one of the reasons that we chose, and I won't make this do an EXP pitch because I know that triggers you. I'm joking. Hey, that's right. Uh, We're going
0: to keep it real on this show. It's all
1: good. All right. Well, I'll tell you one of the reasons. I'll tell you the number one reason we chose it because I didn't want to uh, be associated with any one brokerage because I was worried about. You right. know, Julie and I have a coaching and training organization. We have the number one listened to daily podcast for real estate agents in the United States, blah, 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 a lot of stuff. And I was worried that if we didn't stay broker agnostic, we would it would hurt our main business and the exact opposite happened. Hmm. So when I look at, for example, I, I, I I'll never forget it because it was like um, Julie and I were driving back from an EXP event in San Antonio, Texas. This is when we lived in Austin. Now we live in Dorado, Puerto Rico. And we were driving up on the toll road, speed limit's 85. You'd love it, Brandon. And so uh, Julie is asking me, and I was still kind of dug in. I was, oh, I don't think so, blah, blah, blah. And really what was holding me back was my ego because I was worried it'd adversely affect our main business like I just expressed to all you. you. Sure. And then Julie asked me like two questions. I'll never forget him because it was very clarifying because it made me feel like a hypocrite she goes what is our mission in our real estate business what are you know our coaching business what are we really what and we're trying to help agents create freedom freedom financial freedom primarily we're trying to help agents improve their lives through you know building successful real estate businesses that's really what drives us that's our mission um you know Helping agents feel free, helping agents get to the point where they don't have to live under the trials and tribulations, the ups and downs, and cash flow, the whole rest of it. Um, yeah. And then she said, "Well, how is EXP not in alignment with that particular goal?" So in other words, she was saying, "If you, if that truly is what you think and you feel, and that's the driving mission that we have in our coaching business, and you know that EXP is going to help us, or is going to help us deliver that to agents, and EXP is going to help." Um, agents accomplish that even on a higher level, frankly, than they can with our coaching, because it's the next thing, right? That was the connection for me, because what I realized was, is that we can get them to be productive. Well, I'll I'll give you an example. So I was on the phone the other day, two weeks ago, with an agent in Iowa, and he was with Century 21. And this is real estate in Iowa. You know, that's I'm from Ohio and you're from Michigan, brother. We should not be making fun of Iowa, right? Fair enough. Okay, we're all the same you're right so so we get uh, i'm so i'm going through the numbers of this guy and this guy paid will last year will have paid his broker he had a team of like 15 agents right so all yeah. in uh he'll pay his broker with the team oh it was like 430 thousand dollars, right yep. And, yep. and he'd been producing at that level like 270 units a year he'd been producing at that level for like i think almost five years so we were talking about millions of dollars he's paid to his broker so I did the math for him at EXP, his group of 15 agents with all the ways that it works at EXP, I believe the total amount he'll pay EXP if his volume is the same was $43,000. So had he been with EXP over the last five years and mm. just invested the amount of money that he paid to Century 21 in like the index funds, you know, and uh, you know Vanguard index funds, right. the amount of money he would have made would have been millions and millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. And, and so that's the thing. So we can coach him, we can train him, but we weren't getting them to be financially responsible. We weren't making it. So there was a missing, you know, we feel like we'd prepare them and prepare them. And then we kind of push them out in the wild after they, you know, got their skills on and then they would fall into some trap that would, you know, it would move them further away from their true goal, which was to be free. Because yeah. really every, that's what everyone's goal is. That, I mean, why yeah. did you get into real estate originally?
0: Yeah, hundred percent. We're, we're, totally in alignment there. And, and I'll, I'll, um, pull back the curtain a little bit on that last point, just so I don't forget this. You know, when I have thought about aligning with one of these virtual brokerages, whether that be EXP or real or whatever, what you just said is the part that I resonate with a lot because of what we said 10 minutes ago, which is this. Let me remind this for the audience. When you and I pour into a real estate agent and we coach them to... A level of production where they're really, really exceeding their expectations. They're really serving their family at a high level. And then we put them back into the wild. The wild that I'm, that, 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 when you said that is putting them back in the hands of a broker who has never sold real estate, who has never succeeded. And so the benefit you get at EXP that I resonate with is like you get to, they're still in Tim's hands they're they're in partnership with you and Julie so you're not putting them back into maybe the wrong person's hands which i could see makes a lot of sense
1: so ex the again i was the most skeptical I, I was the most skeptical person to ever talk to I, they solicited us for 6 years prior to us actually aligning um, and i was incredibly skeptical for all the reasons and a whole bunch of other reasons mostly it was out of ignorance and ego that's really the bottom line like, I didn't fully understand how much of an improvement to agents' lives um, eXp was going to offer, and I, I really didn't even after we uh, aligned. And this was four years ago this month, actually. So mm. so four years ago this month when we aligned, it was I, it was six months, uh, you know, maybe June of that 2019 before I really had my mind wrapped around. And I'll tell you what it was. It's because I started seeing agents that we'd coached for a long period of time who are accumulating stock who had some of them had revenue share they're starting to make money different ways and I thought damn now I get it and and also I came across this video of Glenn Sanford being interviewed and he was a successful real estate agent he ran teams and with KW and was very and then 2007 hit and it, you know sucked the wind out of his sales like it did a lot of other people uh, and that's when he realized that basically I need to create a brokerage that's truly agent centric not just what brokers say right right and, and so it creates multiple streams of income from just the, what you're already doing so you go to exp chances are you're going to pay a hell of a lot less in commission split because it's only a sixteen thousand dollar cap and if you have a team of up to 10 people it's an eight thousand dollar cap and then it's a four thousand dollar cap but for top producers like i mean the icon program they effectively get their cap back in the form of vxpi stock so you will if you're an if you're an agent who's in production at, at, at a decent level You're not going to really effectively pay EXP anything. And when I put all these thoughts together, especially for our coaching clients initially, my mind was blown because it's like, holy crap, because now I can teach them to be successful selling real estate and they're going to be making. uh, I remember Colette McDonald showed me her EXP stock awards from having capped for three years in a row. And it was a significant amount of money that she got for free, Mm. for free so she would it so basically the icon you hit uh, you, you cap that's sixteen thousand dollars then after that you have to sell an additional uh you basically have to have a total gci of 500 grand including what you paid into cap or sell an additional 25 units so someone who's selling lesser expensive homes or someone selling more expensive homes they can accomplish it well she had done that a number of years in a row and a lot of other people in our group have as well and then when i when they share with me what an impact that's made on their lives, having that financial security for the first time. It is emotional. For sure. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I want to change the topics because I'll get emotional just thinking about it. Yeah. But but then revenue share. I had people that we've coached that got sick, that had just all kinds of life happens, right? And the revenue share was able, it was, is it sustained them. They were able to basically pay all their bills and they didn't run into have financial destitute. And I mean, all that together is just incredible, and and the the rap that EXP gets is just a recruiting company. It's such such bullshit. Yeah, of the eighty six. Well, there's I, I know I, I told you I warned you. Don't get me on my soapbox. Hey, I'm very enthusiastic right. about it. Honestly.
0: I know you are. It's you're 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 impacting people's lives. I I'll never take that away from you. I'll never you know uh, try to shut that conversation down. I know how passionate you are. I know the impact you're making people I coach are in your world. You know what I mean? So I get it. I know the impact that you make. And so no, I'll never take that away from you.
1: Yeah. Well, anyway, it's the, it's the greatest, it's the seventh wonder of the world, but it's only available to you if you have a real estate license. (laughs) That's that's crazy. And there's all these, there's all these, you know, replica companies, fakey do companies coming out, but none of them have the same, you know, feature when you have nearly a hundred thousand agents, you're going to be able to do things, and and Glenn built this thing with no debt, you know. But you're going to be able to do things that other companies aren't going to do. Healthcare, and I mean, I could tell you stories about EXP's healthcare that, that just you. How many agents have healthcare?
0: <laughs> right. Like none. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
1: And how many agents have fallen into bankruptcy for uh, health problems or the kids having health problems? How many agents have fallen in? How many agents do you know that successfully retire?
0: Yeah. No. None. Zero. I,
1: yeah. I know agents that are retiring in EXP now in their forties.
0: Yeah. You know, it's it is incredible. Cool. Yeah, Yeah, and so and the thing that you said, you know, a couple times on this podcast is the word focus, and because if I were to boil it down, I think I would say the same thing you did. Like the opposite of distraction is is focus, and that's the hardest part for people getting in this industry with all the voices coming at them. No, no bullshit. I was having a conversation with an agent I was coaching yesterday, and the advice he got from his broker was. Do not absolutely do not prospect. You need just <laughs> That's what he said. That was the advice he said to him. I'm like, "You're kidding." He's like, "No. Don't prospect. Only serve your the people that you know. That's it." Well, that so, that but that,
1: that's that broker's whole life experience. He he came across a referral only type deal. Three houses a year.
0: To. I know, I yeah. get it. And so so on the path of focus Is there some fundamentals, Tim, that you and Julie have found through coaching so many agents that you think is a good path that if they follow it, they can succeed? In other words, you know, all the voices things, right? So they're saying, make, you know, half naked TikTok dance videos and you'll get leads that way. Some people are saying, do this and you'll get leads. Do that, do this. When it comes to the basic fundamentals that an agent should focus on that you and Julie find successful, Every time somebody does it, what would be some of those things that that you would want to share?
1: First of all, remove from your mind that leads are hard to get because they're everywhere. That's leads right. Leads are leads are leads are fungible. Leads and people buying buyer leads. Um, I, honestly, I have no flipping clue why anyone would buy a buyer lead. You if and you I are on the same page. It, it's so insane. Yeah, I know. But look how much I, money freaking Zillow and Realtors. Unbelievable. Is. It, I mean, dude. Why don't we do that?
0: Yeah, why exactly. You- we should we should start that right after this podcast Forget
1: it. <laughs> podcast over
0: yeah <laughs> we gotta go we yeah.
1: gotta go we gotta, yeah but seriously because buyer leads yeah something our first broker told us rory averill he goes he goes um you know we we're trying to figure it all out this is our first year he goes tim he talks really fast i think i talk fast this guy talked fast he goes tim take a listing and you'll have to beat the buyers the buyers off the stick
0: <laughs> exactly
1: and he's so right and, and like, oh, I don't have a listing. How am I going to get buyer leads? Hold somebody's house open. Okay, exactly. Free, free. Yeah. It's I don't so know why insane, this is so hard but,
0: for people to understand. Because they're following
1: false profits. They're following yeah. profits that are after their own personal profits. So, you know, Great profit point. to profit. Yeah, pH, yeah. Right. That's what it is. It's people basically trying to sell agents crap. And I'll circle back to your question yeah, when Julie and I, because you're right to something you said a second ago, uh, it is it would be very hard to discern the good, the bad from the ugly when it came to who to listen to. And so, you know, if it, it, because there's so many people that come and go. The, the, the seller's market that we're leaving has created uh, trillions of dollars, I'm sure. Maybe not trillions, probably not trillions, but billions of dollars and these businesses that are essentially effectively trying to sell really mostly the same buyer leads to agents it's extraordinary now as and all of them were you know essentially got started on using venture money those companies are all going to go out of business you mentioned uh, TikTok, for example do you think TikTok's is going to be legal in the United States in 12 months
0: I know absolutely not
1: I don't nor should it frankly. it's on its way out it, right now it well not as a fad but as basically um, legally, a psyops I mean, experiment. yeah,
0: hundred percent. You and I are on the same page. Okay. All right. So if and, you and let me make one example. thing clear, Tim. Hold on before you unpack this. Not I want to. I was just thinking about this. Not all brokers are bad. That's not what I'm saying. Just to be clear for the audience, there are some phenomenal leaders. I'm just saying it's the 80-20 principle. But anyway, I digress. Go ahead. Keep keep rocking.
1: Well, um, so there's something, Julie and I didn't think of this, but I love it. Don't build your mansion on land you don't own. And Mm -hmm. if you're building your real estate business, or deciding how to build your real estate business. If it's based on bot buyer leads, you don't own the the land. So you might build um, a big buyer agent based business. You know, maybe you're going to, I see this happening all the time. Agents get into business. And i'm going to build a team i'm going to add a whole bunch of buyer agents i'm going to become a you know whatever with whatever company and start getting all these buyer leads and i'm going to make a margin on them that's my business model until the source of your buyer leads decides to raise the price decides to um you know stop selling the leads to you so you built your you built your mansion on land you didn't own um and that's what most agents are doing without knowing it so to answer your question you have to so there's prep there's uh, you know, There's passive lead generation and there's proactive lead generation. And Julie and I, the spokes and the wheel analogy is something we came up with a long time ago. And the, the essence of it is, is it's a bicycle wheel. I think you use something similar with pillars. Yeah. Yeah. So the essence of it is, is there's a, it's, a, it's an old fashioned bicycle wheel and there's, you know, imagine a circle and there's a little hub.
0: I'm drawing and it then, right now.
1: Right. There you go. That's what I have people do. Yeah. Okay. And then each spoke represents a source of business. So if you, like you mentioned a second ago, very good. You mentioned a second ago, um, the Center of Influence and Past Client um, Lead Generation. Database, Right. The reason most agents are attracted to that is because it requires the least amount of skill and there's the least amount of rejection, which is similar to least amount of skill. That, by the way, is the first spoke that you should build on your wheel, but it's not the only spoke. Why Centers of Influence and Past Clients? Because most agents will be able to pick up a handful of deals every year from that easily by accident. So the premise of the wheel is that you want to have at least five to seven really strong spokes, because if you have one spoke and your wheel is and it's on the front of your bike and you're rolling down the road and your wheel hits a little pebble in the road, that wheel has no integrity, no structural integrity, that wheel is going to collapse on itself. And you're going to obviously hurt yourself. We don't want you to hurt yourself. So what you want to do is you want to. Yeah. But the first spokes you put on your wheel have to be the strongest spokes and after that you can put on weaker spokes so the first spokes on your wheel have to be if you're serious about real estate if you're serious about being in this business if you're serious about making a profit in this business the first spokes have to be proactive lead generation spokes Mm -hmm. then after that you can start adding the passive lead generation spokes which are frankly the things that everyone everyone does it backwards right and you know they're doing the they're doing the passive, the social media, the marketing, the branding, and all that stuff. All that stuff has a place in your business. Frankly, all that stuff is a hell of a lot more fun than right. the proactive generation for sure. But you've got to do it after you've done the proactive. And I'll give you an example. Chuck Williamson in Wilson, North Carolina. You've never heard of him before. Chuck makes he's in our EXP group. He's somebody I coached. So he, he sells enough homes that in this little town, he makes well into the seven figures every year. He does it 99% of it off of um, proactive lead generation. He does, he might do some now, I really don't know. I haven't talked to him probably six months, but he does no social media. I had to show him how to log into Facebook, right? And you know, he's not old, he's younger than me. Yeah, right. So, but that's the point is, is once you get really good at the proactive lead generation, you will never have to buy leads. And when someone comes up and tells you, you know, you have to do a half naked TikTok, you're going to say, are you kidding me? That's insane because, you know, every single day you can wake up and you can proactively lead generate. If you are building your business with weak spokes, you're always going to be looking for the next shiny object because, you know, damn well, your wheel has no integrity because it's already wobbly. So that's you and I
0: are so completely aligned. Like I had to hold my smiles back. Because you and I are so philosophically aligned with everything you just said, that will be its own probably Instagram reel. That'll be its own TikTok video. What you just said, because here's the thing. I mean, isn't that funny? I take my but, shirt
1: off. You want me to take my shirt? No, off? you
0: could you could be fully clothed actually. So the thing is, you you nailed it, right? I mean, there's story after story after story. I mean, I coached a brand new agent in 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 um in Georgia, in Atlanta, and we had her get to 56 transactions in her first year, no website, no social media, no nothing. And then we let that business that has 90% margins fund what I call the inbound business. You call it the, the uh, proactive passive. P- passive income. And we have her building content to generate leads, not paid traffic, free traffic through content, but we, we fund that through our direct outbound. And so we see it the exact same way. And it's like everyone's doing it backwards. Everyone's building the brand and trying to get the inbound to work when they have no money coming in and they end up getting out of the business.
1: So if you think about it, it's a Charlie Munger quote, don't try to be famous, try to make the work that you do famous or make the results you're getting for other people famous. And there's a lot of this influencer marketing that is probably a macro trend that's kind of waning truthfully, right? It started with vendor Chuck and there's some other people in our space really tried to, I mean, I got an email from the other day. Someone said, do you want to be a YouTube star? This was a real estate trainer. Sure. Trying to, yeah. But to answer our question that you and I've been bouncing around, why is the failure rate increasing? It's what you just said. That's why, because yep. agents are getting in and they're not being told to do the hard stuff first. There's a a saying that Julie and I came up with a long time ago. If you want ever increasing levels of success in your business and personal life, do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Mm. That's really the bottom line. So if you find yourself being like, "Okay, Brandon and I are going to give you five ways to (laughs) lead generate. okay, I'll tell you something funny. So we're in front of a group. Oh, in Iowa, by the way, and we're we're uh, it was, I don't know, 75 people. And I, um, I said, okay, I'm gonna run a contest. And the contest is if you take five listings in the next 30 days, I'll write you a check for a million dollars taxes paid. Here's a million dollars. And I said, so in the, that's what you have to do. Five listings in 30 days, which you could do with any proactively generator could do in a week. I mean, let's yep. be honest. And this is in Iowa, right? So, okay. And, and I said, what? this is the question. I said, what will you stop doing? Not mm. what will you do? will you stop doing? And they all started to laugh because they all knew the flippant answer. And I had to, and they all started, I say, so what would you stop doing? And they'll say, well, I probably wouldn't be doing this social media thing or that social media. Well, why? Well, it's because I know those things don't create business for me right away. And I know if I wanted to take five listings and win the contest, I would need to do these things. So what are the things that you'd want to do? Then the second question, right? And and then they they all kind of looked at each other because they didn't want to admit it. And I said, well, on the way to drive here, and this actually was the last time we were there, we drove past a for sale by owner. I said, I saw it. (laughs) Did all of you who had to have driven by that? How many of you have called it so far? So there's a seller with a name, with with their phone number. I want to sell.
0: I want to sell. I want to sell.
1: And I'm like, no, no, no. I don't see it. I have to make a TikTok. I know. (laughs) know, I I got my blinders on. And it's like, there's a seller who's telling you. Now I'll tell you the greatest opportunity in real estate right now, and I know you'll agree with this: is expired listings. Oh, no two absolutely,
0: hands down.
1: Oh, yeah, and, and you know, here's what they say: you're hearing this too. Oh, everyone's calling them bullshit. Yeah, they're not because they don't know how to. You're competing against a generation of agents who've been in this industry during a time where you were told to build your business through branding, marketing, passively generation. That's right. And if you think that you're competing with a bunch of agents who after those expired, your competitors are mailing them things at yep. best. They're yep. sure as heck not actually having meaningful conversations that are going to result in them taking that listing. That's the biggest opportunity right now.
0: Yep. Well said. I mean, I don't even, I mean that you just, you just nailed it. And so it's just amazing that, you know, these, these agents just struggle with it so bad. It's just the path of least resistance. You know that, that's what it comes down to. It's just w- the path of least resistance. And you nailed it. I've I've gone as far as I love your frame when you were on stage in Iowa. What would you stop doing if you had to get the listing? I have challenged, and I will put this challenge out here. This will be a great place to end. I will put this challenge out to any marketer that is listening or watching to this on YouTube and i'll put up an agent that tries your little gimmick and i'll put another agent that uses proactive lead generation and in 30 days we'll see how many listings that person gets and i i've yet to have a marketer take me up on that because i love the way you do it what would you if you had to get a listing and your family needed to pay their bills what would you do and they always say the proactive lead gen stuff they know they, the truth they know the right. truth it's just it's hard i didn't ask you to like it I didn't so ask why, you that. So yeah, you and
1: I are, I don't know what our industry is, but let's just call it, call it the real estate agent coaching and training space, right? Sure. So why is it that so many, age, or so many people that are in the same space as us, you know, influencers, whatever word you want to use, why is it that they're so, uh, why is it that they're selling the passive stuff?
0: I'll tell you, because there's no better marketing message than easy. That's why. Correct that's the answer yeah, so so you got you got tim and brandon on the mountaintop saying this is what gets results is it easy no is it hard yes and then you got bob sue and, and every time Dick, and harry over here saying don't listen to tim and julie guys that's old school come over here and do you know put the bikini on you know just shake your rear end and you'll start getting leads And it's like wow that's a lot more enjoyable let me go over there that's why
1: I, I agree, and agents are. It's it's because agents do not want to do what they don't want to do when they Absolutely don't want not. to do it. At the high school, but nobody really does. I don't. I right. have to force myself every day to work out. Same, we,
0: same. Every
1: day. <laughs> every day, never one day in my life have I wanted to work out. Never one day.
0: Well, and, and here's the other truth. You know, the even it doesn't really matter what it is. Everything is hard. You know, shooting content. People see us doing content. It's like, well, you think I want to shoot this? Con- you as much content as I do every single day. I don't want to do that. I'd rather be doing something else. But I do it every single day. And everyone's like, I want to grow a YouTube channel. No, you don't. Because the second that camera goes on, you're like, oh, dude, that's too uncomfortable. As soon as I ask you to call it for sale by owner, it's like, oh, no, you don't. That's too uncomfortable. Anything that's going to work is going to cause you to have some pain. And my thing is, the thing that causes the pain is probably the right path. The thing that is easy is probably the wrong path. That's my framework for making decisions. So anyways, you and I could probably go for a couple of days on this stuff. If people want to learn more about what you and Julie are doing, where can they go? Where's the best spot for them to learn about you know partnering with you guys or learning from you guys? Where should well, they
1: go? Really, the best place to get to know us is going to be on our podcast. And it's number one. It's,
0: it's a great podcast.
1: Think, yeah, thank you. I think we've had, we typically... We've had over 20 million downloads. We've had, you know, thousands of shows. It's incredible. Yeah. But yeah, so you can go just Google Tim and Julie Harris podcast, or just go to iTunes and just look up Tim and Julie Harris. It's called Real Estate Coaching and Training uh, Radio. But I mean, you can find it everywhere. That's the I'll, best l- place I'll,
0: I'll link to it, Tim. Okay. I'll put a link to your guys' podcast in the show notes, but beneath this, everyone, you guys can just go check it out. It's a great podcast. I've been listening to it my whole career, 16 years. You know, so yeah, keep going. We, we
1: do need to say this, though. Otherwise, someone's going to basically flame you in comments. OK, so I, I know you believe that social media has a place, of course. It
0: Absolutely. Does.
1: But I, so we need to make this clear. We're not saying it doesn't. It does. But it has to come after you've learned how to do the proactive lead generation. Can you be successful <laughs> doing the passive lead generation? Yes, but your profit margins will be terrible. Right. And furthermore, you will always be spending more money to try to you know, maintain status quo. Is there a place, it's, he gave a great example, is there a place for passively generation social media? Yes. Should you have profiles and all the social stuff? Yes. Um, and we could talk about AI and we could talk about a lot of other things that are gonna be creating a lot of social media content. But really, if you wanna be successful, long-term in real estate, not just successful because you look successful, successful truly because you've helped thousands of people, made millions of dollars, you've actually had enough profit that you've built you know, a fortune, for essentially enough passive income for yourself that you're rich and rich is where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money, do it in the right order. And if it feels hard, if your initial impression to us asking you to go talk to that for sale by owner is hell no, that's to his point, exactly what you should be doing. And you know it. That's Stop right. Resisting. I, yeah.
0: I, I, so yeah, uh, I posted this on, on Twitter yesterday, literally to my, to your point. And I want to make this super clear for the audience because, Tim, that's a really good – I'm glad you did that. I took the six ways to generate business, and I posted this on Twitter, and I ranked them. I said, number one is your top 100, your SOI past client database. Number two, unpaid direct outbound. This is proactive lead generation. Number three – referral partners, divorce attorneys, CPAs, insurance agents. Number four on the list, okay? So middle of the road was unpaid direct inbound. So this is content. This is not even buying leads. This is going out there and 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 creating valuable content to have your ideal client find you. And five and six were paid. And so it's like, I make the argument. My whole point, Tim, is before you even get into paid traffic, You can do one through four which is all free and generate a seven figure real estate sales business and never have to pay for anything. And oh, by the way, do I believe in content marketing? A thousand percent. It just has to be funded through direct outbound or or, or, or you'll starve. I've been posting videos on YouTube for a long time. It wasn't until two years ago that I've gotten any traction. And so all we're saying is as you're doing these other channels, that you have a direct outbound approach that's generating cash flow right now, this week, this month, as you build the long term stuff out. That's it.
1: 100%. I agree. Yeah, that's great. I love it.
0: Appreciate you, brother.
1: Of course, you too.